0: This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 527 for September 28th, 2016. Welcome back to the Macworld Podcast, folks. I'm Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at Macworld. And you might notice something different this this week, which is you're not going to hear the aspirated uh, salivation of your host because I got my braces off. Susie Oaks, executive editor of Macworld, I got my braces off.
1: Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. Welcome to
0: the former braces wearers club. Less clicking and saliva is my motto on podcasts. Do your teeth now. feel
1: like super slippery oh my God, and slick. So you're just sued. running your tongue over them over so, and over. It was
0: so worthwhile. I had friends who got braces. <laughs> so it's a
1: great visual for it's everyone a, in mm, podcast.
0: Yeah. Sorry, we'll put up some video <laughs> of that later. Uh, the, uh, folks, if you're adult and you either have an a unbelievable health plan, which I do not have, or You uh, have the cash, which I didn't have, but I've got credit. Uh, It's worth – I had friends who got braces, others who did Invisalign, and I thought, you know, I want to do braces, not Invisalign because the idea of having to clamp stuff on my teeth and make them move with the Invisalign made me feel worse than I'll just have the metal. So I did the metal. Thirteen months done, now so I you're get
1: to put. You don't have to do because after I, I got mine off, it was like retainers. I the retainers, and...
0: but the retainers are these really this. I'm using something that's like an Invisalign retainer. They're making a mold. I'm picking them up today, and then I wear those for a while, but less and less over time. But they're designed to keep your teeth in place, so they don't move yeah. them, so they'll be comfortable. You're basically just holding it in as bone grows. Technology I did not know about. Bone grows to uh, keep your teeth in the new positions they're in, and that's why you don't need a retainer. After a while, your teeth may migrate after that, but the bone, new bone holds them in place.
1: Yeah, I think you were smart to do it as an adult because oh, I was man. a petulant teenager and I, by the time I got past to the retainer stage i was donezo like, i was just like i'm not, like, that I'm not wearing that yeah because like my journey to that stage had been quite arduous there was headgear it was not oh it was yeah i was talking good. to somebody
0: who did that the other day yeah they went through, it was well,
1: a lot of pain and suffering so by the time i got to that i was like no they're off my teeth are straight everything's fine and i was really bad about the retainers and then there was a little like they backslid a little bit but they're, they still look good it still look good, but I like I, I still I hate going to the dentist. Like stay away from my mouth.
0: I w- my teeth were pretty good. I know this is technology talk, but it's interesting. So I'm interested. The in, in 3D modeling and 3D printing is a huge thing in teeth now, and it's going to get even bigger. Mm. So Invisalign. My understanding is, if you do the Invisalign treatment, where they do uh, graduated uh, uh, snap-on molds that you put on your teeth, that you they do. Um, Uh, uh, molds and uh, scans of your teeth. And then uh, my understanding is they 3D print all the intermediate positions. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think they've been doing that for a long time. So, and there's, they'll even, they can 3D print replacement teeth now out of some kind of ceramic and um, it's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have them off and I will sound 10%, 10% better, I'm sure, on this podcast. But folks, we got a lot of stuff uh, left over <laughs> from earliest months. So we've, you know, we have the macOS release, with the iOS release, the iPhone 7, 7 Plus. We have the, you know, uh, 10.1 uh, developer beta is out, not the public beta uh, of iOS and, um, you know, some other stuff. So let's, we're, let's start with, uh, we were talking in previous weeks about Apple inventory issues, and I uh, Maclope was covering this too I uh, really like the fact that Apple selling out of phones indicates they're both doomed and there's no interest like <laughs> they, they can't win they're they can't manage inventory but they also aren't selling enough so that's the K- Schrodinger's box Schrodinger's box of uh, uh Schrodinger's cat rather is like uh, uh they didn't have enough but that wasn't enough anyway so Uh, They're doomed. Um, But so Apple seems. No matter
1: how many they make, there's going to be demand problems at the beginning because every time when they like they're not releasing pre-order numbers this time, but all the other ones they're like it's a record every time. No matter what you know people say about the phone, if it's exciting, if it's not exciting, like you know if you want to argue about what makes a phone exciting, but people want to buy it every time.
0: Well, they got us all into yearly upgrade cycles now. I mean, they've basically optimized us. Paying a, a certain amount every month forever, and uh, I don't know how it works People for love them though.
1: Paying payments forever—that's like the American way. <laughs> that's the part I don't get. There's
0: no interest, so let's say I'm paying six hundred and fifty dollars, or more likely seven fifty, because I want the extra memory, right? So I'm paying seven hundred and fifty dollars plus, uh, plus tax that doesn't count, and plus I pay Apple half care. of it in twelve months on a twenty-four month iPhone upgrade plan. Apple takes the phone back. Uh they then I get a new phone and I continue paying, you know, the same amount if it's the same price. They are not apparently what most people have heard, and I can't confirm this because Apple doesn't talk about this, they're mostly like trash and they're like recycling those phones. They're not mm, they're not I reselling them into a secondary market, is the word. So if they were reselling them, like how do they recover? I mean, they have a lot of margin in the phones, but how well, do they recover so their the, cost? The,
1: the thing you left out of the cost that you're paying is Apple Care Plus, which has got to be Ooh, like true. so much profit for them. Like generally, I think I read some research that um, most uh, warranties that you buy on things like aftermarket kind of warranties, they're like eighty percent profit. So for you, you know for the for the people selling them to you, but
0: they, so, lowered, they lowered the glass break price to thirty bucks, so it's got to be it's got to have a ton of margin if they can do that. Yeah. Most people aren't exercising the option is my suspicion. Um, well,
1: and, and they're still getting back this phone that's probably worth more than half of its original value. What are they
0: doing? I mean, the, the word they on the street—they have
1: street, to be reselling them. Well, I, I would don't have know. to think,
0: but I'm I'm wondering if they turn it into the refurbished supply. Like mm-hmm. I, some people think, or some people seem to have some sources that say it goes right into like being disassembled for components, which is less valuable than the thing. But I have to believe they refurb those because they need a constant Will huge supply of refurb back- models.
1: When you take yours back and it's a little jacked up, and they just hand you a new one, aren't those refurb's? I thought
0: those were. Those are refurb's. Yeah, you don't get a new phone, and so I'm assuming the refurb's are phones so that have been turned in. So they probably just
1: send them out to all the Apple stores, and they're like in the cage. Like I wish somebody would uh, start reassigned. digging in
0: dumpsters and find out, because uh, I don't live near Cupertino, so I can't look in there. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it it's, a, cool it's a cool to read question. like
1: a tell-all, you know, anonymous kind of book explaining the life cycle of an
0: iPhone. I'm particularly interested because I think it's, it's terrible. The waste, electronics waste is a huge issue. And the fact they've put us all more easily, I mean, I could opt out of the early cycle because I write about technology. I can argue that I need to get a new phone every year now because I need to write about the latest, greatest things, which we'll talk about in terms of the seven plus in just a minute. Uh, But I do hate the fact that things are that recycling, even though it's gotten better uh, a lot of uh, you know, Stuff that's been pulled out of the earth is just kind of thrown away and you're not re- you're not recovering um, things that were obtained at great cost and are actually in finite supply. But uh, the future.
1: Um, yeah, I kind of hoard all my old electronics for that my, reason. My <laughs>
0: suspicion is that at some point either – nano is my like uh, futurist uh, optimism – is that at some point uh, every dump, like whether, whether electronics or city dump, at some point in the future there will be either nanobots or larger scale bots and like super high uh, – uh, temperature incinerators that will, like, take everything, gather the materials, sort them out without any human involvement, burn them, and then capture the molecules <laughs> from it and, like, reconstitute the gold and cadmium without any waste. But that's too much optimism about the future. But it seems like it might – something like that uh, – or, or you'll have uh, uh, bacteria. You know, they can engineer bacteria yeah. to, like, eat gold and crap like that. So maybe they'll, you'll put bacteria in a dump and it'll come and spit out gold. We'll find out. The future is coming. Can't avoid it. Hey, so, ugh, I might switch to an i to a plus. Susie, the 7 Plus, I have one, and I like it too much. What so, am I yeah, going to do? So, yeah,
1: I have a 7 Plus 2 that isn't mine, and I also like it. <laughs> Which McGarry? one did you get?
0: Kayla McGarry of Macworld also, she got a 7 Plus. Oh, so she's one of the people. I meant this. So this she the, ordered a 7 yeah. Plus. Oh, so she ordered one. This is the thing. No, she got hers, didn't she? Yeah, she
1: yeah, got she it. Got,
0: um, she, she got it early. She, she got ordered, like five Yeah, so either. the people on the iPhone upgrade plan, apparently, remember we were talking about People were told they'd have to wait quite a while. Sometimes, until some some people got a uh, note said like November. She was get quoted your
1: phone. like two weeks, I think. But she woke up at three a.m. and she was still quoted two
0: weeks for the plus, and That's she was right. kind of mad.
1: And she didn't even order the gloss black; she ordered the matte black. Uh-
0: I got mine. I did in phone pickup because I was quoted two weeks if I wanted it shipped to me, and I couldn't get an in store pickup. Rather, I'm most in app pickup. Uh, but so uh, <laughs> several people I know, I uh, friend Brian Hamilton, who was told he was on the iPhone upgrade plan, was told or was signing up for it and was told November his showed up a few days ago. So Apple must have jiggered its inventory so it could make people happy. And I don't know anybody at this point who was bummed out about not being able to get it early who has not gotten theirs. So I mean, they it's did smart something to
1: you know. Uh, what is it?
0: Over, under, under promise, under over promise, deliver. This was over deliver. Yeah, because rude, like, though. yeah, this was even rude um so the plus i'm sorry so you have a plus caitlin's saying the same thing caitlin is i bought the seven plus.
1: i bought it like with all the money and then um, apple <laughs> sent the me money. the plus because we thought that the ones that you know staffers bought you know, i could just borrow it for a couple days before they sort of moved into it to to review it um, but that that would be that would rush the review and so apple sent us one very kindly um, and Yeah, I've got the Jetpack Black Plus that I'm reviewing, and it is so nice. Mm -hmm. I've never thought I was a Plus person. I carry the iPhone SE. So it's huge. It doesn't fit anywhere I want it to fit as far as, you know, pants pockets and jacket pockets and stuff. Um, But it's so nice. (laughs) Did you which one did you get? Like, did uh, you get
0: the black I, one? I got the black one, and then I got uh, just showed up yesterday, the day before yesterday. I got the uh, the blue case, the blue leather case. Oh yeah, that's nice too. The cases now have metal buttons on them. Yeah, the leather cases, which is huge. And I've got so I have a 6S with the leather case. I remember uh, Jason Snell had talked about it, how much he liked it, and I'm like, you know, I, well, maybe I'll get a case. And the
1: bottom is nice and open.
0: Before because
1: they have, you know, more speaker grills down there now. Like before it used to be when there was only a speaker grill on one side, a lot of cases would open, put an opening for that speaker grill and an opening for the lightning port and then an opening for the headphone jack. But still kinda like fill in the spaces between them. And I hated that because I use the big wide um 30 pin to lightning jack in my car. Because I have a thirty pin cable in my car because I'm old and (laughs) but it works just fine. So whatever. Um, it's 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 plugged into the back it's not you know front accessible so um and i paid a lot of money for it so i'm leaving it there until it breaks but um so yeah i i would always have to take my iphone out of the case in the car to have enough clearance to plug in that adapter but now uh, the apple cases and i think a lot of cases we're going to see for the sevens are going to leave the whole bottom open as to not you know obstruct the larger speaker grill and then that way um uh, you know, I'll be able to use my adapter, so I'm happy about that. That's the one nice thing.
0: It's just the the, uh, the metal buttons make a big difference too, because then you feel like you're not losing your the benefit of having the metal buttons on the phone. It's like yeah, it's very yeah, the buttons nice. work really well, and they're colored the same as the color. case. And the blue is very nice. Uh, tip I saw online, uh, you know, the uh, iPhone Seven Plus uh, folks. I don't know if you've heard about this unless you have a Seven Plus. It's it buzzes. You know about this the vibration. Oh. No, oh, oh, okay. So some people have been reporting that they're sitting there and their iPhone seven is like humming or vibrating, and they're like, "What in? There's no moving parts? What's making the sound?" So it turns out in the right conditions, uh, and I think you have to be playing music or doing something. the the there's a fake speaker grill. So there's two speaker grills on the bottom. One yeah. of them is fake, right? Because there's a top and bottom uh, speaker now.
1: Yeah, the other speaker is up by where you know you would put it up to your ear. That's where the other speaker yeah. is. Yeah.
0: So they put a fake speaker grill on the bottom uh, for symmetry to because they got rid of the jack. It just whatever. Looks nice. Yeah. Inside, there's like the waterproof plastic seal. It vibrates. So in, I don't know if everyone's does this and I haven't tested this on mine yet because I wasn't, I hadn't noticed the problem, but here's the deal. If you don't like the sound, you go into accessibility settings and you change the left, right balance to, I think it's all left and then what? it only uses one of the speakers and then it will stop buzzing. So if it really drives you bananas, you can do that. Of course, then you don't get stereo sound uh, out of your seven uh, plus, which is pretty nice, <sighs> but for podcasts or whatever, who cares? So, um, but I it was. A, I thought that was a great workaround. It's like, that is very clever. You you take the sound away from the speaker that's buzzing at you, but then you lose stereo. Well,
1: it shouldn't buzz. I mean, shouldn't
0: buzz. I eight, wonder if 800 they'll,
1: bucks for this thing.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they'll, uh, I don't know if there'll be a recall, but I wonder if it's not, you know, it seems like not a design feature. <laughs> <laughs> So I might switch from my 6S to a 7 Plus. I thought it was too big. it's
1: tempting. I thought it was too big too, but it is tempting. I I, mean, and the the thing is, so your story about the cameras, which I still haven't published, but I'm going to by the time this podcast gets up, um, really pointed out to me that you don't, like the cameras. So, I mean, there's going to be third-party apps. I think there's one already that are going to let you pick which camera you're shooting with. But when you're shooting with the camera app, you could say like 2X and think you're getting optical zoom and it's really digital zoom. But oh, the yeah. camera decided for you that
0: that's going to look better. We're going to talk. Let's talk. We're going to talk about that at the end, or maybe next okay. week. Am I jumping so much, ahead? I, well, I think there's so much to talk about. Like, Not why, just,
1: look for Glenn's story, and then we'll discuss it
0: in well, full if next week. Time I'm giving week. everyone homework. Yeah, it's. I think it's fascinating. I mean, that's. It so, was fascinating. The, t- the TLDR. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right. But the TLDR is the iPhone 7 Plus will always t- choose to take a. Better looking picture that's digitally zoomed than a worse looking picture that's optically correct. It's
1: N T L Y S R. Not too long. You should read. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Um, let's talk briefly about. I've got a couple of small things here. Um, this to sort of catch up. But Sonos. Uh, I don't think it's a big story, but Sonos was founded many years ago by ex Apple people who wanted to bring. What they thought Apple was not doing an audio to audio. And um they had, I think they had a uh, they've had some bumps along the road um because uh, there's that like least, least necessary thing problem. So the Sonos used mesh networking. Uh, I think it used Wi-Fi frequencies, but its own protocol. And I'm not sure I lost track how that changed, but you could put speakers in a bunch of different rooms. And unlike Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connected speakers when, you know, at that time, like a decade ago, uh, it just worked and they had a cool controller and then they released an app and then they've sort of changed over time what they offer, but it was always seen, it wasn't quite in competition with Apple, but I think it's kind of a big deal that it's actually at the Apple store, right?
1: Yes, it's going to be at the Apple Store. They're even going to have demos in several Apple Stores, um, and you'll be able to try it out with the iPhone app and really see how cool it is. That seems um, pretty amazing
0: because I I didn't think mm-hmm. it was.
1: It's going to be on Apple on online first, and then it'll roll out to you know some Apple Stores and then all the Apple Stores I think.
0: But I I didn't think of them as competitors as such. But I thought there was always a little bit of uh, did Apple used to sell Sonos gear in the store? I don't it think. Was
1: an... Uh, There was a, um, no, they haven't sold Sonos before, but they do sell, you know, other speakers, even though, and and, and there was a a rumor that Beats was going to do like a multi-room Sonos competitor. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting, which is, you know, an interesting space that different companies want to get into. We've seen a lot of things like at CES that don't ship or they ship and they're dumb or whatever. Sonos is still kind of the one to beat. So um, Oscar wrote this up yesterday and um, kind of found a, a tweet where someone was like, maybe they're just going to, you know, put them in stores for a couple of years. Kind of study, you know, who buys them and, and, and the, the market for them and stuff and then launch their competitor after that.
0: I think it's which is a, kind of a
1: conspiracy theory, but I
0: like yeah, those now sh- Sonos. and then. Sherlock Sonos—that's sort of they hard could. to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if they make it really, you know, if it they make it kind of a Siri thing, and it could be like their, you know, Amazon Echo slash Sonos mashup.
0: Yeah, although Sonos did a bunch of layoffs not that long ago, I'm looking. Oh yeah, in March uh, they had a bunch of layoffs, and uh, because it's a tricky business, because part of the you know they're integrated with streaming services and whatever. I wonder if Apple doesn't test this out, then buy Sonos and just they merge it with the Beats it. division because yeah. they Rebranded can probably it as Beats. get it. Yeah, given that the layoffs happened, it was public. You know, buying a company after layoffs and after you try their products out and you help boost sales, you're like, might be maybe there's a deal in place where you are putting the Apple sales. We're doing due di- store. We're doing due diligence. I, you know, I don't have any inside knowledge here, but it would make sense to me that uh, that could be the case. Um,
1: That's a more sensible theory. Good job. I like, well, you know, <laughs>
0: I like to think that I'm sensible. Uh, speaking of sense, facial sense. That nah, doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, oh, here, I'll, here, I'll drop some. Let me drop. Use your
1: some. senses to recognize faces. Let me drop oh, you, uh, Glenn. some
0: Oliver Sacks uh, knowledge on you. It's the computer that mistook its uh, hat for its wife or something, right? Um, it's uh, so uh, prosopagnosia. Do you know this term? I learned this from Oliver Sacks. It's the, no. uh, it's, the uh, it's a condition people have that makes it incapable or difficult to uh, recognize different faces.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I've heard of and that. And he
0: wrote this wonderful story uh, years ago in The New Yorker about it, and it included a story of a woman who had become a supermodel, and she wound up uh, – she was a remarkably beautiful woman, and she, of course, had no – because she had prosopagnosia, she couldn't actually know what she looked like. So she had no um, – it's a fascinating thing. She had no idea of what uh, – uh, of her own beauty, or you know that's a whole – Kettle of Fish, right, about how people perceive themselves. Um, and she wound up uh, – he wrote this wonderful – it part of the story. He wrote this stuff about her. And then he said she wound up um, falling in love with and I think marrying a guy who was a clown because his facial expressions were so broad she could actually make them out. And I thought, oh, isn't that lovely that those two people sound like each you. other. Um, but uh, Apple has a prosopagnosia problem, which is facial recognition feature <laughs> does not sync across your devices, which we talked about since the summer – uh, a lot of people. I've been getting so many tweets of people like, "Hey, you," because we updated. I wrote an article in the summer about the uh, new, you know, the facial and object recognition uh, features, and we updated it just after uh, macOS shipped. I worked with uh, editor Roman Playola, and we updated the story. So it did, actually, are very few changes, but I included uh, what was new and uh, and different. And uh, a lot of people tweeting at me like, "Okay, I read your article. Really, it doesn't sync. Am I supposed to re- to like identify yeah. people in?" Every That's device a feature. i a It's not even a bug. It's a feature. Yeah. Although, so here's the thing. Sounds some, like it's a feature. Then someone points out to me, like, you know, okay, so, uh, dear listeners, did you know that Apple has online PDF manuals for all of its products? It's the They're weirdest thing. They're quite good. What? They're quite good. They're quite good. Yeah. i Right. And somebody writes them, probably ex Macroll people. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't some, say anything. I didn't say anything. Some of our friends may be writing the struggles. But the, um, uh, so these manuals are fantastic, and Apple doesn't really go out of its way to promote them. I assume if you go to the Genius Bar and or call Apple Support, they do stuff like that. But uh, someone says, hey, well, you know, the iOS 10 user guide says syncing is supported. And I go there. They post, post this a thing. I find it. And it says for the iOS 10 guide that was released, it says – Photo faces will synchronize among iOS ten between iOS devices. Yeah. So over oh. the summer, Apple's response to me when I asked about this says we have no information to share at this time, which means maybe we will later. Right, read between the lines. The the golden master release notes in the public beta, uh, I believe it was the public beta, not the last developer beta, said, uh, people sync is not turned on. Then you have the iOS 10 manual, which was prepared at some point over the summer, ostensibly, that says sync is available. So you got to believe they're going to turn it on unless there's a huge technical issue or um, – I mean, there's got to be privacy issues and they may have – you don't want to le- – like iCloud uh, Keychain is a great example. Uh, unlike – so a lot of stuff you sync to uh, – can I, can I monologue for a moment? Do you mind? I hate Yes. To, okay. So let me monologue very briefly, which is a lot of stuff you sync to iCloud is available for inspection by Apple sh- – you know – It's like it's unencrypted on their servers. If subpoenaed, they have to reveal that data. So that includes your contacts, uh, you know, the devices you own. Like anything you can see on iCloud.com that you can view there is available to uh, law enforcement, someone who breaks into your account, uh, you know, Apple, whatever. And there's various risks associated with that. iCloud keychain is designed in an entirely different way. So the information is synced via the iCloud system but it's never stored anywhere in unencrypted form and it's locked on your devices and it uses uh, your own password uh, connected to iCloud and, or, or not iCloud. But it uses your own, um, there's a, a, a pin you set. And the, uh, so it's a device sync sort of like iMessage is endpoint technology. When I send an iMessage through the iMessage system, no one in between ostensibly can access it because of the encryption. iCloud's uh, Keychain keychain syncs Items without being able to examine the contents. So, I assume facial recognition, because it's so personal, might do the same thing. It's possible they will expose it in iCloud.com and it's not a privacy issue because, you know, it's just what it is. Um, Or it may be that they're trying to perfect that. But, whatever the case, there is a reckoning coming because what if you've identified faces in multiple places as I have? how is it going to merge all that? Is it going to show you all these like weird matches that you have to then approve? Like, are these two, you know, I found you approved 473 faces for this person and 483 for this. Well, it's supposed to learn, right? Yeah. So. Is the facial recognition supposed to learn? Yeah, yes. For I don't the, know. I'm is. asking. No, no, you're right. It is yeah. supposed to, because I did some testing and it got really good. It started asking me about people, you can go and review and add faces at the bottom mm-hmm. of any person's page. And I started adding them and it added like hundreds and hundreds after I approved, you know, a few dozen faces. Uh, so it does get better, but Wait, so don't... is
1: the new one called People
0: or Faces? Because faces... the old
1: one, oh, the old one was Faces. So a lot of people had done Faces in iPhoto and like tagged
0: everybody, and that kind of learned too, and that got better. It did. But then th-
1: did that did that sync back and forth? I Fantastic thought it did. Fantastic
0: question, because this is what annoyed people. So Faces did not work exactly right with uh, iOS. So People was supposed to work with iOS better and faces either uh, in iPhoto and in Photos never quite integrated the way that made sense and you couldn't tag people in iOS and so forth. So people is like an upgrade. Uh, and if you had tagged – at one point, I thought if you had tagged people in iPhoto, it didn't import into Photos, the earlier version, because uh, when they'd switched to a different version of People, that wasn't, in fact, uh, the new system that's in Photos 2.0 for uh, a Mac OS. I mean, this is what's confusing. So there was Faces in iPhoto. Then there was fa- – I think it was – was it Faces in Photos 1.x? And now it's People in Photos 2 and in iOS 10. So – People are notably confused. Some people could never get the iPhoto to Photos uh, faces to transfer over. If you did, or you did any tagging in Photos 1.x in, o- in Mac OS, that will come through. So I thought it wasn't working at all. And then I found a machine in which I'd done a bunch of tagging. And actually, it, the, the facial recognition it has to rescan every photo, but it did keep all the groupings that I'd made. So it did rely on information I'd already provided to group some sets of faces. Confusing, huh?
1: Yes, very confusing. I don't think they've done a good job explaining what's going to happen. Because, yeah, if if you spent time tagging people on your phone, but you know, because you were you know standing in line and you thought you'd kill some time, but then you do most of your photo management on your Mac, you might be really disappointed when you get back and sit down, and none of that like work will carry over.
0: That's. very frustrating. Um, another problem along the same lines of confusion. Uh, I wrote a piece that's gotten some interesting response, including I have some had some hilarious, almost Abbott and Costello conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on second? I don't know. Two factors. Two factor, two, factor. factor. <laughs> two factors on step. No steps on first. What? Um, yeah, two factors and two steps. So. Two-factor authentication is a general term, but Apple decided to call its first iteration of it, who's on first, two-step verification. And then it's it added, didn't discontinue that to a system it now calls two-factor authentication. But both of them are actually two-factor authentication. Ah. <laughs> um, I think
1: it's it's also hard for people to understand I mean, I think you explain it really well, and people who don't understand should read the article. But um, you know, the difference between two step and two factor—you can take a stab at it here if you want. Okay, it's so tricky.
0: All right, two step. I didn't really get it either until okay, well, you explained it to me. Oh, and the reason I brought this up is people wanted to use their uh, watch unlock feature with their Mac because that's a new feature of Watch OS three and Mac OS uh, Sierra. You can unlock your Mac with your watch, which is cool, but. You have to have two-factor authentication turned on. And so a lot of people said, I have such a thing enabled, but they had two steps. So my friend John – this I went through this with John and our friend at Darth on Twitter, man of mystery, person of mystery. Uh, it's very funny. Um, and uh, both of them are like just shaking their heads like mad on Twitter. And we went back and forth. So the thing is two-step uh, – I'll just call it two-step for short. Sure. Two-Step was a band-aid Apple put on after all the celebrity hacking stuff that looks like it was, you know, social engineering and other, and like password guessing. iCloud was never apparently cracked. It looks like it was all um, a lack of uh, uh, verification and so forth, right? So it, uh, they, it was iCloud was more naive, let's say, about letting people in who just had the password. So after this happens, Apple sort of staples on Two-Step, and Two-Step isn't integrated into the operating systems. It you, you'd uh, you have to set it up at the appleid.apple.com site. Once you're set up, whenever you logged into certain iCloud-connected things, but not everything, you'd be sent a code, but only on iOS devices or through SMS. And the code was delivered on iOS uh, 9, uh, almost I think 8 and 9, through the Find My iPhone system. So it was all, so it would show up. It didn't say Find My iPhone, but it was using that conduit to deliver the message. So it didn't show up in Macs. It uh, wasn't integrated. It was very confusing. And uh, that was just a stopgap, it turned out. So last year, a year ago, summer, Apple starts rolling out two-factor authentication and testing them by the fall, by like October. They're like, we're going to start making this available. So two-factor, it's very similar, but it's deeply integrated into both iOS, uh, starting with iOS 9 and uh, uh, El Capitan, and then now in the newer versions, two-factor is more sophisticated you enable it in ios or mac os you don't enable it at the apple id website so you go into either the icloud preference pane in macOS, and you click your apple id to configure and you click security and then you can turn it on it'll show if it's available turn it on you go through an enrollment process or you go to ios you launch settings you tap icloud you tap your apple id you tap security and then again you can tap yeah turn this on turn on two-factor authentication what's confusing is (laughs) if you go if you haven't turned either two-step or two-factor on you go to appleid.apple.com, you log in, and it says, Do you want to turn on two step verification? Like, wait, I, what is that? I don't, I want two factor. I guess that's it. It's not it. They've left it available for backwards compatibility with older iOS and Mac systems that can't support the new two factor um, thing they're calling two factor. So, this is, Susie, this is a little confusing. Yeah, I there's think. so
1: many confusing things here.
0: I'm not going to out the two people I had this back and forth with, but one who is a, a prominent analyst, smart guy, used to work at Apple. Another is a colleague of ours. Neither of these people is, uh, nobody's an idiot. Neither of these people is even naive. They know what's going on. And I had this separate one on Twitter, one in email going back and forth. And I'm like, okay, so, well, here's how it works. You read the article, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, do you follow? like, yeah, no, but I have two-factor on. I have two-factor on. I'm like, what does it say? No, I have two-factor on. They're like, oh. It's two. Step. Oh, I have two step but they're literally looking at the text, but in their head, because they actually understand what two-factor authentication is. They're like, generically, I've turned this on. Right, the text, right. right? And so I had a break through this layer where I'm like, no, no, Apple <laughs> named two different kinds of the same thing by a generic term. One of the, and it's like, oh, and they're like, oh, and then they had the breakthrough, like, oh, okay, but because they're used to going to appleid.apple.com. To set up two-step, they assume that's where you start with two-factor. So, folks. Well, you do have to go there to turn off two-step. Exactly. So, you go there and turn it off. Then it's still available. You could turn it back on. So, the article explains you can go and read it in detail. But you go to the your AppleID at Apple.com. You disable two-step, which forces you to create uh, security questions. Uh, so, you'll have to recreate those temporarily. Then you go to any iOS or OS, a macOS device you have that's compatible. So anything El Capitan and later, iOS 9 and later, watchOS 2. I don't think oh, watchOS has to be tied into that because it's tied to the iPhone. Um, you need watchOS 3, which everyone's going to have because it's better, uh, to <laughs> use the unlock feature. But then you go to the iPhone or a Mac or an iPad. You enable from the iCloud section in your settings uh, two-factor. Once it's enabled, then you go to the website again. If you need app specific passwords for email, uh, that isn't uh, for email and calendars and contacts, you have to uh, create a sort of one purpose. Uh, app-specific passwords, just like you did in yeah, the Yeah, like past. for
1: Fantastical and stuff, yeah. Right,
0: so that's a hassle. And you have to go to the website for that because that's where those passwords live. I and mean, it's confusing. And you have to delete all your previous ones when you turn off two steps. So you have to reconfigure. Oh. I know. I had to create like five, I think, or four. I used to have to create more, but there's fewer things that aren't tied in.
1: So it's mostly the people that were using this kind of for a while that are kind of getting caught in this. Like the people who are just getting in now are going to have no problems, but because we were, you know, good digital citizens and turned it on like years ago. Now we have to go turn that off and turn this other thing on. And they're named almost the same. And yeah, that is quite confusing. So I think you've done a good service. here. Well,
0: thank you. This people just read all the instructions. I've had several people come back and say, (laughs) actually one person posted in the comments, I'm not sure what to do. They, I put a code on because my friend, John, again, he's trying to get this to work. He did everything right. still doesn't work. He had to wind up going to, uh, iMessage set up in his iPhone and enable, like use my Apple ID. And then it synced with his watch. So I documented what he went through. I don't have a watch. And someone said, I went there like, where am I supposed to do this? I'm like, in your, in your iPhone, they're like, I don't have a dialogue. I don't have an option that says it like, oh my gosh. So there may be even more complexity there, but, uh, it's, uh, it was driving people out of their minds because they're like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm like, yes, you are, but it's not your fault. It's it'll all be okay. Okay. Um, all right let's let's move on. Uh <laughs> do you have so iOS 10 one of the features uh there are iOS 10's interesting because there's features that are um that were announced that weren't uh that are in beta form. Um some in the current release and some there's a 10.1 beta we can talk about too that's out for developers coming public. Do you have voicemail transcription is that in your phone? Yes, I do. How does it work for you?
1: It is You know what? It's kind of like um, if you ever used Google Voice, it's kind of like Google Voice. um, I'm trying to find one now. My husband sent me one last night. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like the Google Voice um, transcriptions where they had some gibberish in them. They never got it all the way right, but it was close enough that you could get the gist. So there's one I got from my husband that was like, hey, it's me. I'm just texting you to blank by the liquor store on bridge. Just calling to see if you need me to pick him up or pick you guys up mm. somewhere. Um, Give me a call or text me. All right. Thank him. See, here's where it starts to go off the rails. Thank him. No, I drive around. Oh, I go out, um, wearing, okay, don't worry, I'll see you soon, I love you, bye. So he probably referring, don't it worry, missed be a happy. a few words in there, but he was definitely calling from the car, so it's pretty good for calling, you know, I'm sure if he was just in his office, seated at his desk, it would have been a little better. But he's calling from the car, he might not have the phone all the way up to his head because, you know, you can get pulled over for that. So, yeah, it was pretty good. And then I get a lot, a lot of um, calls and, and hang-ups. Um, the guy who had the number before me, I've had this number. Can I tell you for 13 years, I still get calls for the guy before me, like he owes people money, like all kinds of stuff. So I get a lot of calls and hangups. And I'll get like a two second voicemail of silence. So usually you can tell that that's, you know, silence, but it's been kind of fun seeing, you know, there's another kind of clue that there's, there's nothing there. I can just
0: delete that one. Um. Yeah. No words. That's interesting. I like the idea. Well, I just like the idea of not having to listen to things unless it's actually oh, yeah. relevant to me. Um, People who leave voicemails are monsters and that's they should, true. you know, I, so stop I mean, it's doing working that. for me and it doesn't work in every message, but I think it might be timing. Because I noticed some it has, or I think it, maybe it kicked in at a certain point. Um, but yeah, I got uh, the school bus was late for one of my kids and it. I'm looking at the message and it, the only thing it got the bus number correct, it got the time Correct all the words right. It got the time that it was delayed to to, nice. and everything was correct except the phone number. It got the number three changed. Uh, number two was was uh, heard Ooh. as number three. So everything but the phone number. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's sort of one of the more important parts. But you yeah. know, they had a caller. I could actually call back. I have the bus line. But I was still, uh, I was impressed by the accuracy. I had a funny call the other day. I was talking, talking to a source about a security story, and I'd set up. A, I'd he'd said, you know, call me at this number whenever, and I called him and he answered, and I said uh, it's a good time to talk, and he said, you know, it's a funny question. I answered the phone. Why would I answer the phone if it wasn't a good time to talk? And I'm like, that is an excellent question. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, nobody wants to get a phone call. He's like, well, I don't answer the phone we if I don't want to. We were that when the
1: phone rings, you just answer it. It's polite.
0: He's well, his thing is. He only answers the phone if he can talk because he's at a level in his life where yeah. he does not need to answer the phone if he does not wish to talk. It's exactly. funny though. I, I kind of agree with him. So I promise the next time I called him for a story, if he Once answered, this
1: feature gets really good, I would like to see them then text it to you. So I don't even you don't oh even have to God. go into the app and it's just there in your notifications. But if they do that, because of the problem with your transcript where, you know, a number could get messed up or something kind of like actionable it could have a little like play button in the text message that you could press to like either play it in line or jump you know instantly to that voicemail and start it playing That's, so you could confirm if there was something in there that needed you know confirmation
0: yeah i uh That's very interesting. Well, then you need voice to text. (laughs) If you have the phone, call somebody (laughs) with your reply message. Actually, I like that. Call, this is Glenn. I am glad to hear from you. It just seems like something, you know,
1: like Siri can read you your last email or your text message, but Siri should be able to read a voicemail transcription. I haven't asked Siri if she could read a voicemail transcription. I kind of think that it's, it's, I think it's, well, it's still in beta, right? Like isn't Apple
0: officially calling it beta? It has a beta label on top of it, which I
1: appreciate. Once it gets good, they could really dig it into the into the OS and it would be pretty handy because it would kind of be like you can do this now in messages or at least you could in iOS 9. They might have taken it out in iOS 10 because it was dumb and no one used it but you could... Um, like send someone a snippet of your you can voice. Still do that? I kind of hate still do it. do it? Yeah, it's, it's dumb. Pointless. No one would do that. I don't then know. Then that makes you like a person that sends a voicemail, but you're not even sending it to somewhere where I would expect to have voicemail. So you're a double monster. I think it's for markets other than
0: the U.S. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens that we don't understand in the U.S. because it's a for whatever reason it's a typical local behavior thing. Like there's that issue about um, the home button that John Gruber wrote about. Um, why the home button? Uh, was replaced. do you did you see this? This was fascinating
1: Wait 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 but 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 the um the 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 voicemail thing like if if you can send mess you know voice messages through yes. iMessage and they stink, what what would be really close and achievable but actually useful is if you could call up someone's number and leave them a voice message that then gets sent to them as a text. So it would yes. be like the same the same sort of like end result, but like way more useful for everybody. Now what did John Gruber say about this other
0: thing? Oh, this is just a it's a sidebar. It's a few weeks ago is uh John had written about at uh, Daring Fireball about um he didn't like, you know. I, I actually don't entirely mind the action of the new non mechanical uh, home button. It's a haptic feedback. Oh, I don't like it. Thing. You don't like? It. Have you adjusted no. the levels? You've messed with that, right? Yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Uh, it, it just d-
1: it feels like it's like a two step thing. Like you hit it, and there's like a k- thunk k- thunk. Well, it, it's like to... it's like a heartbeat, like two kind of tick tock thing that I don't like about it. I haven't gotten used to it yet.
0: Are you? Is your MacBook? Do you have a the 2015 MacBook? Is that your primary no. laptop? I can't remember. No, I got, the, I got the 13 Air. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've been using the 2015 MacBook for a year and a half. I think it's trained me into accepting haptic feedback more reliably. So I have the Magic Trackpad, though, that I use oh, kind of a lot, but I'm more weird. of a tap-to-click person. Oh, okay. So I'm that's the thing. I'm anyway. the monster. But so I uh, Well, so besides that, like, the question was why would Apple make this change when it seems inferior? Like, there's no reason the home button's great. It does. Well, I, it seems
1: inferior to me. But wait, so
0: here's what John discovered, and I forget how we. So uh, we'll have to find the link but he uh in a big hunk of the the world not in the u.s it is assumed that the home button breaks so easily you should never use it so in accessibility mode you can enable a way to use menus for everything on an iphone did you know this i was unaware of this so in so he so uh Uh, What he wrote about is someone watching people use, and John I think has seen it as well. They do everything possible to never touch the home button because it's seen as such a weak point of failure, and the phones are so expensive. And the home button is the only
1: thing that like moves really. Right. So and and, like the mute switch, which breaks all the time too.
0: Right. So you know, years ago, like the home button used to be a point of failure. Apple fixed it, but there's like an urban myth. I mean, it's Uh, partly true. Like the home button can break.
1: I've never broken a home button. Right. And And I'm really rough on my phones. Like I don't use cases. I've broken everything else. I've dropped them in water. I've never had a problem with the home button. We
0: we have in my household. I forget if I did it or my wife did it. We both did. I know we've had problems, but it was years ago. It was like the iPhone 4 or something like that. Uh, so Apple improved this because any point of failure, they're going to improve, but it's seen as. so. This is. But I was I was blown away by this. This is the same reason why- yeah,
1: I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it was, was it Ben Bajarin or Ben Thompson. I forget. One of the two of those analysts wrote a piece explaining the relationship between an app size and download numbers looking at uh, India and other developing nations and what they pay for bandwidth. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you made a big app, if you had a hundred megabyte app in the U.S., that's nothing. In India, it's downloaded like a frac. I think it's changed because data oh, yeah. used to just change. But it's one of those things where like, I am such a chauvinist about behavior in my own country. At the
1: Facebook, like developer conference that I went to, they had like an area where you could go and try your app on like they've like simulated, you know, conditions
0: oh, in gosh, other countries
1: yeah. because they, they were doing that internet to stuff and they wanted people to make you know their their apps really really light
0: it's i just think it's um i don't know it's a uh, it's i think so john's oh so john's theory is that they removed the um they removed the mechanical button with this button because they want to get people to actually use it in countries in which there's essentially a national myth that you should never use it Anyway, It's, really it's a, crazy. I know. Life is interesting. I love that there's variety, that we're not all in this monolithic culture. Well, when the but, reports
1: came out that it doesn't work with some touchscreen gloves, yeah, people oh, like quickly yeah. figured out the workaround that I had kind of forgotten about um, because I've been using the iPhone SE, which doesn't have 3D touch. So if you 3D touch... On, on a 6s oh, or yeah. an iPhone 7, the very left edge of the screen, like while you're in an app, or I think even when you're in any screen, yeah, yeah. Um, if you it will it, pop you in. It'll kind of peek first, but then you can peek and then pop all the way into the um, the app switcher. I only discovered and then this then like once four months ago. Once you're in there, you could swipe back to the home screen, which I kind of forgot about yep. because I use the app switcher to jump in and out of apps. I, I never use it to jump back to the home screen because we have the home button for that. So but you could get back to the home screen without touching the home button this way. If you're wearing gloves that don't jive with the new home button.
0: Yeah. That's an excellent tip. And every time I mention it to someone, they're like, what do you mean you can, you can 3d touch the left edge. I didn't discover it till like April and I discovered it by accident and now I use it constantly, but I almost always have to reach from the right to the left to get to the edge with a case. Um, but then yes, yeah, so you've got like peak and pop. If you, if you, 3D touch and slide it's the previous app if you 3D touch and kind of uh, po- you know was it if you if you peek you can sort of peek and slide if you
1: it's pop, dumb that there's a peek there i have to say no, because no, like okay. why would you want to peek no, at no, your no, app switcher it's
0: not that is if you, it's one motion if you push down slightly if if you peek, then you can slide it and you go to the previous app. It doesn't bring up the oh. whole app switcher. I know, yeah, but it takes, it's so sort you of, you do thinnest. want to peek at the app switcher. Yeah, you peek, you Or Maybe peak it's to just slide. to kind
1: of give you like a warning that you're about to do that exactly. in case you didn't really want to go to but the app switcher the, and you're just yes. resting your thumb it's there. It's like, <laughs> it's a
0: swap to previous app. Peek is swap to previous app and pop oh. is app switcher.
1: Learning. Learning.
0: It's fun. We learn things. Um, yeah,
1: I need to do a 3D touch. Everything guy.
0: I love I 3D touch. I'll learn some things while I'm writing it. Much better 3D touch, I'm using all the time in iOS 10. Uh, partly for. Yeah, uh,
1: iOS 10 made 3D touch like a legitimate thing. Yeah, in iOS 9 It was just a, a little baby gesture, but now it's like it's growing
0: up. I do with my to do list, my reminders. I use this. I have a bunch of reminders set. I have a, <clears throat> as a uh, chronically well person supported by a regimen of uh, various drugs, legal, prescribed, uh, and some vitamins. I, um, have to remember to take things at certain times. And so I have I mean I have reminders going off like several times a day, not all for medication. Uh, but things like, hey the Mac nine one one columns are due or whatever. And so just being able to to peek that sucker and like say complete it or remind me tomorrow is is actually a very nice little
1: Thing, but Maybe I'm using I'll switch it. back to reminders for all my to-dos. You oh use it for gosh. everything?
0: i I didn't. And then the fellow who's one of the main people at Fantastical, I was going back and forth with him about um, appointments and reminders in Fantastical version two because I was having trouble with certain kinds of recurring things. and he's like, why aren't you using reminders for those? We now, they inline them into the calendar, which is useful. And I was like, I don't know. Why am I not? And he convinced me to, to, to turn certain kinds of recurring calendar events into reminders. And it, dramatically improved my calendar setup and it separates out these things like recurring reminders as opposed to one-time reminders. I mean, one-time reminders are useful. Recurring reminders are amazing compared oh, to yeah. recurring calendars. I calendar use events. several of those. So, I'm silly. So anyway, I so I started doing reminders uh, for a ton of stuff and it actually helped me with my workflow and helped me keep on track. So there you go. So thank you, Mr. Fantastic. I just Fantastico. love, you
1: know what I love is switching
0: systems.
1: <laughs> I do it all the time. I'll like get everything set up in one and then I'll be like... You know, I think I'm going to switch back to OmniFocus, or I'm going to go back oh, to Things, yeah, yeah. or I'm going to like I'm going to try out many... Trello, and like yeah, I just love switching it up. So I have I'm B- it's I a, a sickness.
0: Text document, BB Edit. Uh, Michael Simmons, by the way, is the person at uh, Oh, he's lovely. I like Blexi him. Blexi Bits. I'd like to credit him by name because he yes. changed my workflow. Uh, should we talk about iMessage apps? We still have some time left in this episode. We might still get sure. to photos. Uh, Oscar uh, Ramundo just posted, uh, just uh, published an article about. Uh, kind of all the different things you can do with iMessage yeah, I apps. Yeah, was like,
1: Oscar, I'm several years older than you. Write <laughs> me a nice how-to on how to use Sorry. all this stuff. Cause these, <laughs> you know what? I had turned off reduced motion when they went to that... Um, that parallax feature on the, the icons where if you like tilt your phone, the icons would move just a little and I hated it. So I've had reduced motion off in my accessibility settings for years. And if you have that off, people are finding in iOS 10, that disables like half of the, the you know, bells and whistles in iMessage. Oh, you don't get those full screen effects. Can I just you don't get the little tapbacks, And I was like, why am I, Wait, how, uh, why isn't it working? I and want so, a sidebar
0: in the middle of what you're saying, which is accessibility is the unsung hero of yeah. iOS and you you just spend like folks spend like five minutes or get out it's the iOS 10 just out, and look at it. It. There's so able- many things that are like you think of, I, of people with otherly abled people or whatever the you know the correct combination of words there's people who need some accommodation to use their device better that's all of us that's not yes. people <laughs> in some with some condition oh, or some imaginary we all need accessibility it's designed for everyone because we all have assets and deficits in different areas the end sorry can I go back I'm sorry my
1: apologies no you're so right, um, yeah. We accessibility rocks, um, and those set those things that always gets a big update from everything. You should always kind of take a take another swing through your accessibility settings every time you go so good. through major this iOS versions.
0: Uh, we wanted to do uh, I forget was it Roman who asked me to write this, or was it uh, someone who asked about doing inverted text? And you can mm-hmm. set a triple home button press with accessibility to invert your screen.
1: Yeah. The and funny- then those menus you were talking about earlier oh, yeah. where you can, you can bring up like these, these buttons that, you know, it doesn't always have that you can bring up with a yeah. gesture. It's so cool. So
0: any program that doesn't have a night mode, at least you can do invert mode is the thing. Yeah. So anyway. I'm, su- I'm such an interrupter. Excuse me. So uh, Oscar is younger than us. It is true. This is a yeah, fact. Yeah, so
1: I was like, write me a little guide. And then he also did um, – he did a slideshow on um, some free iMessage apps if you want to yeah. just kind of kick the tires without spending any money. Because a lot of them like cost a buck or two, which is fine. You know, pay developers for their work. That's good. But if you're just sort of it's, – it's like – it's weird. It's a separate store – Unless but sometimes you get apps in the in the in the greater app store that come with iMessage like extensions. So you don't have to go and get open table, but you, I think you have to enable it. So yeah, Oscar can explain all that and then point you at some good examples. If you want to try the iMessage apps, I haven't gotten too into them yet, but they are kind of fun.
0: Susie, I think it's the dog's lunch. I'm going to say it. I (laughs) think the, I think there's some, there's some really interesting apps. And I think the interface that you're just describing for accessing is non-intuitive. It's ugly. It's the whole app store thing. You can't, the app store is such a disaster. And the yeah. way it's organized, and the way it works, now, you can't filter by app type. So even if you go to, uh, you click on, you, there's no category for iMessage apps. It, yeah, you and,
1: have to just hope that they like made a little collection uh, and put it on the home yeah. screen. or if you that's search like for, for iMessage, that's like the
0: only app. real help you got. Yeah, you can. It's so it's they they really need. I want Phil Schiller to continue to like, like I'm sure there were a bunch of things leading up to iOS 10 that were really significant. I am hoping that Phil Schiller is actually behind the scenes working on a massive reform because it's under his purview and this needs to, this needs to change. Gosh, darn it. Um, fun thing. So here's well, the fun thing. They're doing thing.
1: that thing. Didn't they, they sent out notices to developers that they were going to do kind of like a purge of the app store. Oh, yeah, yeah. This so is great. I mean like they know that it sucks so I have to think that they are working on it. Oh, that's but, an
0: excellent point where they said if they're going to, they're basically going to launch every app and if it crashes, it's going to be suspended immediately. Yeah. Which is how and many millions some, of apps do mean, they have? I mean, like
1: I used to work for Mac Life and we did like, I think two iPad apps that, you know, we were going to update and we didn't update them. Like they kind of got abandoned. And like, I don't know, I don't even know if those are in the store or not. They might've been, you know, good citizens and taken them down. I hope they did. They just don't age but out. I don't really yeah. know. Like there's so many like that. that like, yes, yeah, someone made it like 10 years ago ago, and they, or eight years ago, how long has it been? And they put it in there and it's, you know, it's never, it hasn't been updated, it's going to crash, it's just no longer really of value, so they're going to yeah. be going through and purging all
0: those. Developers are excited about that, because they're also going to improve things with, like, naming, and there's some other things happening yeah. that'll, like, if there are two million apps or whatever there are, and it went down to 400,000, but they all actually worked, I mean, the launching thing is funny, like, they, they literally said, I forget all the details, they're going to give you 30 days for certain kinds of things after they find it, but it's it's if um, I think they're also going to start filtering out stuff that only works on older iOS versions only, and anyway, it's I think it's uh, long overdue. And there are a few developers who would argue that the App Store should be cluttered, um, that that helps anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, sticker packs are a cool thing because not I don't know how many people wind up using them. It may only be a subset of the youngs. I kind of like them for fun. Uh, my friend Matt Boers, who is uh, the impresario behind the Nib, this cartooning site that's part of. Um, called first look the same people who produced the intercept it's this uh cartoon uh, they do editorial cartoons and cartoon journalism they released a nib set
1: oh yeah yeah, I buck, love them. and
0: with lots of trump and clinton uh both it's ecumenically uh attacking uh, editorially both sides
1: uh and then did you see that there was a mean trump snapchat filter no my friends and i are mad
0: Oh anyway. my gosh! Then the uh, there's also uh, the incomparable podcast network, which features many Macworld past and present uh, folks, including I know you've been. Uh, oh you no, know, you've done a, a upgrade. I don't know if you've been on an incomparable show. You should be. You're no. you're a geek like us. But uh, never ask me. Oh well, we'll find out. We'll we'll, re- <laughs> re- we'll remedy that. We'll remedy that. I don't, soon I don't like podcasts. Uh, uh, <laughs> Shh! Sh- don't tell anybody. Uh, but the pod, yeah, this, uh, podcast network uh, run talking. by Jason Snell. It's a bunch of shows. Uh, Jason put together one. So you don't have to be a programmer. Uh, he released the incomparable stickers for free and includes a Glenning sticker with my face. So you can stick my name on it
1: hashtag? To.
0: Hashtag Glenning. What's that? Is Wait. there
1: a hashtag on the sticker?
0: Uh, yes. It says hashtag Lenning with Sweet. my face. It's I'll, great. I'll get. I'll look for that. There's also, sure. Zeppelins and robots and things like that. But he, you know, he did this himself. He he's not an artist. He collected the art from various people he's worked with and licensed because uh, they've had uh, he's had art were collected. So if you've got anything, any artwork you can actually use. I think you still have to use Xcode to do it, but you're packaging the sticker. You don't have to do an app package. So Jason was able to sort it out. So an average human being who pays a hundred dollars to be in the developer program and installs Xcode with, I think a very little bit could create their own sticker pack and upload it and offer it for sale, which is I think kind of democratizing and cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's more like making like icons than making like an application,
0: right? And you could do it for your scout troop. You could do it for your soccer club. You know, I don't know how restrictive Apple will be about whether stickers have to be useful or if they'll just let anybody, as long as they're not, you know, obscene or poor, you know, super poorly made. Uh, But there's a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of cartoonists I love and I hope they figure out or work with somebody to make stickers. I think that'd be fun two another way to support independent artists and do fun things
1: there have been some really clever ones did you see the the grammar correcting stickers
0: oh yeah people were like that's going to wear thin really, <laughs> fast, really <laughs> i was like that's fast. clever okay, don't since, send me those <laughs> since, since i'm an old i didn't realize you could drag stickers on top of messages i thought you had to tap and upload them so now i understand that yes yeah, so you can, can drag try.
1: them on top you can also <sighs> resize them like while you're dragging if you throw down another finger you can resize you can like you know pivot around to like tilt it oh, give it a, gosh, a, a jaunty that. angle yeah the
0: things i learn um They're,
1: they're like they're they're little they're pretty flexible they're not just like a you know you're sending someone a static image like that would be boring so they're a little more fun than that you can place them in different places and um resize them and tilt them a little bit
0: Susie, do you think we have time to talk about iphone 7 plus lenses should we wait for next week
1: yeah, let's wait for next week and really dig We're into that. So. We try
0: to keep this to an hour, folks, sometimes even less. Um, we've got uh, Kirk McElhern is scheduled to be on next week. He's the iTunes guy, oh, iTunes answer guy. And he's going to come on and talk about. He uh, says
1: he's getting tons of questions yeah, about, new... about now iTunes and iOS, uh, music and iOS 10, and uh, as well as iTunes on the Mac. He's definitely a Mac guy, but he'll answer it
0: at all. Yeah, he's... so if you have questions, send them to him or you can at MacWorld. Do you look at, at MacWorld replies? You look at those, right? I uh, am. Yeah sometimes, maybe, sometimes. maybe email us podcast at macroworld.com That's a podcast at I need to do that more. I'm Send sorry. us your music questions. We forget to tell you the email address, but it's there or you can comment on the post. We try to make sure and look before each episode at the comments people leave uh, on the post. Sometimes we ignore some of the comments if they're not entirely. The
1: mackerel mentions on Twitter can it's a low signal to noise oh, well, ratio. Oh, that's right
0: cuz you get a you get a lot of uh, people adding There's you about lots There's a lot
1: nonsense. of like retweets yeah, yeah. that just you know and that that show up because you know badly formatted so retweets. Maybe and podcast then, at MacWorld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Email uh, us at the podcast yeah. thing, You're or you can tweet uh, Glenn and myself.
0: Yeah. What's your? What's
1: I, I you know I'm gonna look at the MacWorld thing more. Thank you for shaming me. There's, I think
0: you can use a filter in Twitter that only shows replies. See, I wish there was a replies from real people thing, like replies. But even
1: that, yeah. like, I mean, a lot of our replies think that we're
0: Apple, even oh, though yeah. Apple's
1: on Twitter now and they have their Apple support, which is, has helped a little bit.
0: I get the uh, well Mac nine one one. You know, we get I get questions not as uh, less frequently than I would expect, saying my phone is broken. Why won't you help me? And I'm like, well, because we're not Apple. <laughs> so please. Um, the only objection I have to any i uh, Mac nine one one email I get, and it's a minor one, is that. People will say this Apple thing didn't work, and I'm like, Have you talked to Apple about it yet? Because it sounds like you need to show them your hardware, or it's sort of a basic support thing. And often they're like, Well, no. I'm like, Well, you know, Mac nine one one. We're trying to I'm trying to find things that are largely applicable to other people, so that if I answer a question, it's uh, it's more we're broad. Looking for teachable moments, yeah, that's More than
1: trying to solve your
0: particular yeah. problem. I, I'm, I'm happy sorry, to solve,
1: Real talk, real talk. People sometimes
0: have obscure. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have problems that are edge cases, and it turns out a lot yeah. of people have fallen into that crack and those are great, but it's the, you know, this backup didn't work. And I'm like, there's so many factors that can happen. You really have to get somebody to help you. I had a good one the other day though, which turned into a short column. Uh, someone wrote in with asking for help with their fusion drive. Their machine had been damaged in transport from one place to another. Oh, I saw
1: that. That was a good one. Yeah.
0: And the, and the person wrote and said, look, I don't know what to do here. I'm in, an, in the wilds of Oregon. Uh, the repair shops nearby. don't know what to do. Is there a way I can, and they aren't readable separately is the SSD and HDD that are completely you know, comprise, uh, a fusion drive can't be read separately. They can become detached, but you have to have a Mac to sort of separate the data out. Anyway, uh, I said, look, if you can get a computer, like find any, you know, rent one, borrow one, where you can take out the existing fusion drive, drop these in, you know, use Disk Utility, extract the data, and then you'd be cool. And in the end, he was able to find a repair shop that had a machine. One of their customers was willing to do it. <laughs> Let them take the drives out, put his in. They had to update the O and do all this stuff. But in the end, he got all his data back, which is the happy part. But that's a great question because i get questions about fusion drives regularly and that was one i hadn't seen before yeah that was a good one but why is my battery draining i really don't have enough answers to that that's a i I still get i got a lot of questions about wi-fi adapter not installed uh which will happen abruptly even when it's there and i get questions about battery draining, and i wish i wish i wish i had more answers but we've posted articles about that i try to refer people to it but um So speaking of referring people to things, you can find us at Macworld.com. And please do send email podcast at Macworld.com. Find me on Twitter at G-L-E-N-N-F. Find Susie at sf Suze. That's S like Sam, F like Frank, S like Sam. I'm just going to do this whole thing. Uh, Sorry, S-F-S-F-S-O-O-Z like Z. You'll find her. Just search for Susie Oaks, O-C-S, O-C-H-S. I should make
1: a sticker pack that's just like – this. Is your – my Twitter handle. It's a great handle. Different, it various makes perfect fonts. sense.
0: It's just impossible to speak. It's really hard to say. S F S O O Z, but S F that makes a lot of sense.
1: Figure it out. Like open up your webpage and Google Suzy Oaks Twitter. Google Rice Aroni,
0: it. and you'll find the San Francisco i uh, I'm sorry, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> Thank you, Suzy. Nice to talk to you again.
1: You too, Glenn. Oh, boy. See you next week. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: And this has been episode 527 of the mackerel Podcast for September 28, 2016. I have and for the moment remain Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at this fine publication. Join us again next week.